All right, we are lit, good sir. Another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. I'm Mike, the favorite and sleepy host. <laughs> um, this week, this new episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the Kanye documentary. I don't know if anybody's seen it. That shit was hella dope to me, um, especially being a fan of Kanye. It's just cool to see all the all the old stuff. Um, so we're going to be talking about genius, kind of our thoughts on that. Um, we're going to be talking about the goat, Brittany Renner. Uh, Golden Goddess making Cam look bad <laughs> once again. Uh. Um, but it's not just about making Cam look bad, she does have some good points in what she says, yeah. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about marriage. Is is marriage still the thing out here for men? Like, is it is it still a thing we want to do out here in these streets? You niggas want to be married, is the question we're asking. <laughs> um you know, like, I guess how we see what those benefits are in this right. new day and age. Right. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about all that. It's going to be fun. But if you haven't, go on to that patreon.com slash cultivated ignorance. Oh, dude, it was one of us supposed to pull it up. Go that right quick. Yeah, I'm about to do it right now. Okay. Go that thing right quick and uh, help your boys out. Oh, accept them cookies. Um. <laughs> uh, it's only five dollars a month. We ain't asking if you to do the, these crazy tiers, you know. We just need the minimum child support from y'all every month, okay? Child support. We have children with all our <laughs> patrons. Exactly. Um, we just finished up our Euphoria reviews. Yeah. Our final thoughts on the season ending. Um, we are going to probably do Batman. Maybe. After Will watches the game because he fucked oh, up. I the do, yeah. Market. I can't, yeah, we can't do that because I <laughs> I was sleep during the movie, y'all. So golly. I don't know if that says anything about the movie itself. It doesn't. It says absolutely nothing about the movie itself. Everything about your watch this, nothing about the movie. I will tell you one thing I do know that says something about the movie. They play Ave Maria the whole movie, and Ave Maria somehow has two credits at the end of the movie. Because it's a classic. Two separate credits. It's like you can't get enough of it. <laughs> Two different renditions of that shit. All of them yeah. relevant to the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Go on there. Subscribe. Yeah. Let your boys get five dollars. Please. We just got a patron the other day, matter of fact. Shout out to them. I got a lit, 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 lit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, patreon.com slash cultivated ignorance. Sign up. Yeah, man. Appreciate everybody who's already donating because we really, really <laughs> It really helped us out tremendously. Well, thank y'all so much. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man. What you been up to? Hey, man, you know, I have been a have value man along with you, you know, here just blowing money fast. Um, we so tired because we both bought like our first Lambos yesterday and we literally drove them like all night last night. Yeah. Um, we had we had to drive them down from Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pick it up. Several women and getting them pregnant along the way and driving them off on the way back. Um, so kind of exhausted from that. But other than that, you know, watching Batman, um, watching bland UFC fights, stuff you like thought, that. You thought the main event was bland? The main event was I, right, but yeah, the card before that. And we didn't order that. <laughs> Thank God we didn't. I would have been pissed off. <laughs> yeah, man, just enjoying stuff that Columbia has to offer and just. You know, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Well, we had a big entrepreneur um, workshop summit um, yesterday at the Metropolitan Center. Um, oh, okay. it was like five five hours, and like I saw some of my friends out there had really good guest speakers. Uh, it was dope, man. You got you got stuff popping. It's more than just college kids and bars, for the most part. It's Confederate flags and yes, that's the, that's the <laughs> thing. yeah, man. How you been, man? I've been living, baby. I've been living, making this money. Yeah. Cooking for myself. 
What? Been cooking. Sounds like a lie to me. No, man, I made a lasagna. That shit was to die for. You made a lasagna from scratch? Or did you put the Stouffer's shit in the oven? No, bro, I made a lasagna from scratch. I need to see sauce. I made the sauce from, uh, you know, like crushed tomatoes and, you know, some other tomato. (laughs) It sounds like bullshit. I'm sorry, tomato (laughs) form, other forms of tomatoes. (laughs) You just got random tomatoes and put them in a a layer of noodles and called it lasagna. Bro, that shit was lit. I need proof. I need to call Taryn. She probably cooked the shit for you. No, you can call Mackenzie. Mackenzie ate some. Taryn didn't eat none. I don't know why she was out here hating on me. But um, see that shit was nasty. Yeah, I did that. Um, you know, I made some. I made some air fryer chicken. That shit was not hard. But I made some. There was no like. There was no. There's no skill involved in that. Throw the seasons on. Air fryer is Throw literally the- just a new age. Microwave is all it is. It really is, and it's so easy. That's great. Um, but yeah, man, just chilling. That's good, man. Glad you make it yourself. So, continuing in our great television, um, just finished watching Euphoria. Now, this Kanye doc has been coming out. Three part Kanye uh, documentary called Genius. It follows Kanye basically throughout the majority of his career it focuses really on uh the time before the college dropout came out the time shortly after the college dropout came out, i would more so say uh late registration to maybe like the beginning of graduation mm-hmm. and then it uh and then it skips a lot of years and it kind of gets back into you know where his mental is over the course of some years uh particularly like 2018 to 20. So, what'd you think, man? I mean, you know, if, if y'all watch this show, y'all know we kind of over Kanye nowadays. Um, you know how much we hated Donda. I think that was both of our worst album of last year. Yeah. Um, everything's, yeah, everything he's pretty much put out lately is kind of boo-boo. Um, this whole weird shit with him being obsessed with Pete Davidson is fucking strange and sad. Pete. Skeet. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, on a side note... <laughs> He just got a new manager at my office, and my man's name is Pete. And like, no, no, no shade to him. Every time I think of his name, I want to say Skeet. <laughs> you gonna say it one day? Every single time. <laughs> I, I promise you, I won't. <laughs> if it slips out, it'd be the funniest shit ever. Um, yeah, that shit. Him basically stalking Kim Kardashian is fucking gross. Um, just, just over it. That being said, this documentary <laughs> is probably. I can't think of another documentary I've seen in my life that I love more than this series of. They're both about an hour and a half. Um, mm-hmm. All of them are flames. Like, it's just amazing. Like, as longstanding Kanye fans, just seeing Kanye, not only from his early stages of just being, you know, just a local beat maker, trying to make it and trying to prove himself, to just seeing this, this the intimate sessions of the, the classic albums that we hold so near and dear like college dropout and late registration um even later albums like kids see ghosts like seeing like how those were created in real time but more specifically going back in time and seeing how college dropout was created when like jamie fox and kanye was looking like little babies out here yeah that shit was fucking crazy bro it, i thought my favorite part was like you because you hear about kanye struggling to get on yeah. Like he says it like pretty much the whole first album. Yeah. Like you hear about it. And like I'm a I'm a huge fan of uh one of the last songs on Kanye's album. I can't remember the name of the song right now. Last What's call, it? right? Last call, yeah. And he basically outlines like his whole journey. <laughs> yeah. From like being a from being a producer to like getting the late to getting college dropout released. And like when you see it on TV, when you see all these things that he said he went through, it's like confirmation. They're like, yo, this nigga is dope. Like, this nigga yeah. really, you know, kind of worked through some shit. Like, you really see the struggle. Yeah, like, you realize he wasn't, like, um, you know, a friend of our podcast, FD Signifier, talked about how Kanye broke what's called, like, kayfabe, which is, you know, that whole, like, you know, rappers just pretend to be gangsters and shit yeah. or pretend to be his persona on screen, but you know they're not really living that life. 
mm-hmm. like Kanye has always been himself. It adds like validity to that in that Kanye, like you said, last call was like a 10 minute song of him talking about like everything he went through to make it. And yeah. you would think that's just a rapper talking shit. Like nobody loved me till I got rich, whatever, whatever. But when you actually see it play out exactly the way he described it in the song, yeah. like literally going through Rockefeller records, and maybe it's not the healthiest thing, but him just going into different rooms, just playing his music, and people just looking at him like, I mean, it's, it's cool. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like yeah. seeing that actually play out in the actual, in real, in real life, not like a depiction of it in a, you know, a biopic, but the actual footage is surreal to say it, it really is yeah like, it's so funny because like when when we when when these songs came out they were hot hmm. why weren't they hot when he was going through the rockefeller offices like why weren't people latching on to it the way like we instantly you know loved it and why were they just like weirded out by the whole process i think definitely in kanye's you know behavior you could call it problematic in like in how he approached, like if, for instance, barging into the offices and just playing his music. I don't know the culture of a record company. Maybe that's normal, mm-hmm. but I would think in any other instance, like a man just barging into your office and playing his music super loudly at that would be very off-putting. Yeah, I guess, but like at the same time, like you have, I would assume that like he has a relationship with these people on some level with him, you know producing a good bit of uh <clears throat> blueprint that's a good point and in that i think that the, the main thing is that they saw him as only a producer like like he was telling us this whole time as they couldn't detach they couldn't extract a rapper out of this persona who's from kanye of just he's just a beat maker that's just what he do even yeah. dame dash who brought him in loved him signed him even after he signed him like still wasn't like game still wanted him to just produce yeah yeah like it was so I think that's it. They just could not see the vision. And shout out to Cootie, which is his homeboy who was on some homeboy who's recorded all the footage to be able to see like what Kanye would become from the jump street and just be like, I believe in this man so much, I'm just gonna follow him around and record him. Yeah. What who has friends like that? Like, how many people have friends like that? He's just gonna I'm gonna put, put my heart life on hold and just record you because I know you're gonna make it. Yeah, that's just wild. What was your favorite moments? Because I got like three favorite, like, um, so my the one of my three favorite moments, and I'm gonna say this one for you, King, was seeing Jamie Foxx and Kanye record slow jams. You bitch, <laughs> bro, that shit was so amazing. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Bro, just the jam session itself. Yeah. Like seeing Jamie super young. And they like and like Kanye saying what he wants Jamie to say. And then Jamie kind of taking it to his own. Yes. Like, putting his own flavor on it. And it's seeing him. Jamie Fox record, like, because the way he the way Slow Jams is recorded, the intro is like, uh, I say, you know, I was talking to this girl off fast in the club, you know, she was she danced like 9200 songs back to back. And then like the the funniest part of the whole thing is like when Jamie says, uh, you know what you know? Like that part, like the part where he stutters. Yeah. Like you would think it's, I guess, scripted because it's so like the, the stutter is so out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But like that was just Jamie putting his own little sauce on it. And watching Kanye see that shit, like when he's watching him, like listening to him and like seeing yeah. him, he's like, yeah, nigga, that's what I wanted him to do. Yeah, like <laughs> that shit's crazy, y'all. Y'all don't even understand unless you ain't seen shit. So beautiful. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah. I think we just like as a people or as fans, we don't see the creation process, and so when we saw it, uh. it gave us not just. Uh, you know, great feelings about what we had uh, absorbed, you know, years ago, like that nostalgia feeling. Mm-hmm. But like it connected us to the song a little bit more because you see that not everything is, I guess, uh, super, super perfect, super polished is when it comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seeing the creation process, 
gives you a, a more of a connection to the song and the things we consume. So that was definitely one of my favorite parts. A thousand percent. And I think more so because whenever we do see the creation process these days, it's highly scripted. Like yeah. it's, it's highly curated. It's like a, you know how you do the little commercials of like they're your favorite musicians. Usually, especially like the Modelo commercials was like, I forgot what artist they had on there. Who was it? They were making songs <laughs> and like they had the, the camera like watching them like make beats and shit like that. And like, it was just all very curated. And it was like, you know, this is enjoyable to watch sure, but you know, this is fucking fake. And to see the realness of like a studio session, especially for that album and that period of time, for someone who still feels like they're not being seen the way we see them, crazy. Um, it was that part. Um, I don't know if it was one of my favorite parts, but it was a very real moment when they were talking about Kanye being on stage and his wife or Kim Kim Kardashian getting. Uh, I don't know if it was mugged or got robbed. And the house got broken got, into. Yeah, in Paris. Yeah. And like, I guess they 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 say it in the midst of like him being, I guess, this douchey character. You know what I mean? Um, but like, they, the world report comes out where Kim K got robbed and they immediately cut to like Kanye say like, I got a family emergency. I got to shut the show down. Mm. Which was real, like, because <clears throat> for years, we kind of disliked Kanye. Um, he seemed more of like just a celebrity and not this person that we could really connect with until that moment. So I really appreciated that, that like, it showed that despite people, you know, having this uh, hard shell that we really can't connect with, yeah. you know, that moment right there um, was just real. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. I got to think about a third one. What you got? I definitely have the scenes with him and his mom in that first act. Yeah. As just top five that are, I mean, you can go from the, whether it be the scene with them in the dining room together and her just, you know, just, just remarking and just reveling in his successes and everything he says that he's doing that she just blows up every single, <laughs> everything she mentions. Mm -hmm. um, her looking at his little angel piece and everything and telling him, you know, he's like a guardian angel and stuff. Her giving him the, uh, the giant metaphor of a giant, you know, looks in the mirror and sees nothing. China, and in the attempt to keep him grounded, but that shit didn't work clearly. But like yeah. telling him to remain humble and stuff, to them just walking <clears> in that field together and just oh, just standing on that fucking staircase. Just just shout out to Cootie, bro. Like, just you need <laughs> friends that's just gonna capture these moments for you. That shit was just ah, I got choked up on that. Um, especially when you know what ultimately happened to Dr. Dr. West. Um, of course, the slow jams joint, you already stole that. Cause you're a whore. Um, oh, I mean, that was, that was obvious. But. Right. But I think one thing, and this is for the documentary as a whole, like how much the documentary wasn't just about Kanye. It, it really seemed like it wasn't so much about just Kanye as it was about this dude who saw this man named Kanye becoming who he is today. Yeah. Um, and him grappling with, you know, him in order for him to get there, they have to be, you know, they had to part ways in a sense because you know this this industry will pull you apart from those most intimate to you and and it, i love how much it showed how he his life kept going on regardless of what kanye had going on like he they show at the in the third act in particular how they showed when he had his daughter and mm -hmm. him and kanye was basically not talking anymore and him just showing like you know him just loving fatherhood and how his daughter's growing up but Kanye still has a massive influence on his household in that his daughter is seeing Kanye all the time and she's just doing his, her thing. And he's just, that, that whole like interchanging, it's this whole intermingle of scenes when he's showing like the daughter growing up and Kanye going into all kind of crazy shit along with the giant metaphor, this little animation, all intermingle with one another. That was just supreme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like these niggas, I get all the awards. So. I think it's that, and just yeah, it's just a, this is amazing, and I think, I think it really shows like how, 
especially as black men, you know, we're just constantly, Kanye is a perfect story of like, we have to constantly prove ourselves in this country. Like we feel like we have to constantly prove ourselves to the yeah. point that you have to, even if you're not like Kanye having to say it out loud all the time, you feel yourself having to prove yourself in every white space, white majority space that you enter. And it shows like what it does to somebody who's doing that and dealing with mental issues and trying to be a superstar in this industry that just thrives off of just turning in and out people who are relevant one, relevant one day and un, in, irrelevant the next day. Mm-hmm. And and all, all this is being played on the public eye. Like, it's like, how would you not get a Kanye out of a situation like that? Like a Yeezy, a Yeezy out of that situation. Yeah. Uh, it's just really remarkable to watch, so. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. I also really enjoyed the fucking Life of Pablo listening session at the garden oh, which I'm yeah. always yeah like that shit is beautiful like just to see like essentially like a sold out Madison Square Garden yeah or like niggas is just like having a little listening session for yeah. hours like in the middle of everything <laughs> and like all celebrities just like bundled up just like hanging out like they would <laughs> like it's a fucking house party like Absolutely. No, that was I've had shows like that. Like we just had a DJ playing a song. We just all just around them and just it was just vibing the shit. And they, everybody's just feeling the crowd was just feeling the shit. And we just that shit was dope as fuck. That shit is so cold. <laughs> hey, you on the fucking Kanye on the fucking keys, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But man, I'm telling you, this shit really reminded me of how much I love fucking Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. This new version is hard to get with, but Golly. this old version, but I love college dropout. This shit reminded me why I love college dropout. Yeah, man. Yeah. It did. Um, yeah, man. So what what didn't you like or what didn't you kind of know about Kanye before this doc? I don't know if there's anything I didn't know. Or dislike. I, don't, I really don't think there's anything I dislike about this thing, because you remember what I told you like what, what I feared going into it was it would be just a you know, all praise, yeah, all praise Jesus <laughs> celebration yeah. series, and it was not that at all. Um, it definitely was just very, very real, and I'm sure they took a lot of stuff out, but um, I think it's just. The, the most thing for me is it shows his mental health, man. And it just, the most, I guess the most thing, the most hurtful thing for me is he can see how his mental health is playing out in these outbursts, um, whether it be like the little meeting he had with the white dudes, the little real estate owners and stuff. I, I can't remember their names. That nigga started going off. He was just going off and shit or like the stuff with, you know, how he just processed his thoughts and how he handled his mother's death and what people were trying to tell him versus what he was thinking the whole thing with tmz like it troubles me that he can see all these things again and he's been seeing it but see it again in his documentary form and he still doesn't think he needs any help like that's the most hurtful thing for me it's like damn bro like you have all the evidence so it's like harder and harder to go hard for you when you just don't want to take this as, yeah <laughs> like you want to take this as the Initiated to be like, okay, let me let me go get some help, man. Yeah, I wish he had shown a little bit more about his dad, um, because uh, yeah. obviously like, he has a real connection with his dad. Yeah, real relationship. Yeah. But I think the only time we even got more mention of his dad is in that uh, in that last little Facetime conversation. Yeah, you know, and I kind of brings him up on his albums, you know, a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That was about the only thing I was kind of, you know, missing from it. I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. Do you think that, like, so, off of Genius now, do you think that Kanye is legit stalking him, or do you think that he is desperate to try and get his family back? And, like, I understand, like, the the whole buying the house across the street from her thing. It seems creepy, but at the same time, like after I thought about it, like 
Wouldn't you want your kids to be able to just walk across the street? I mean, like legit, like if you really no. think about it, I don't know his I don't know his true motivations for it. It's easy to say, like, you know, he's stalking. That's easy, that's the easy thing. But I mean, it's probably layered, like it, it would make sense for it to be a layered decision. You know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying, but if it weren't for all the other components of him still calling him her, her his his wife, um, him doing all this shit with Pete Davidson, like I made a post about the easy video. I don't know if you watched it. Did you watch that yet? Mm-mm. Oh, you should watch it. Um, you know the song Easy he did with um the game. Yeah. The other day. He made a video of it. And it's a it's a hella creepy video. And I love how creepy it is, but it's like parts of it of him holding like what's supposed to be Pete Davis's head in his his hand and shit while he's rapping. It's the decapitated head and shit. Mm-hmm. And another part with him is like burying Pete alive and like growing roses out of his head from his from burying him and growing roses out of it and then he's a, he's a creative man i don't know what you want him to do <laughs> be creative don't be creepy um, <laughs> or be creatively creepy but don't be creepy in real life but if it weren't for the obsession with and with pete davidson and literally just doing shit that you know could endanger because you know how crazy your fans are like you know pete could something could probably happen to pete and just not accepting the fact that Kim Kardashian just doesn't want to be with you. Is that, is, that's the main element of you just, you, you out here making it out like God's telling you to harass this woman into staying with you. And she don't want to be with you. So if it weren't for all those until things. She, I mean, until she does. You know, it's like, I, I mean, if I keep pushing enough, it might happen. That's the grossest logic. So, and so, you know, every everything will be creepy and bad and you know stalkerish until she says okay let's get back she says, yes. <laughs> that's terrible what aren't y'all understanding about this <laughs> oh you got it man uh yeah if it weren't for all that it's just too much it's too, it's a man with too much power and that's ironic enough that's you know what's what's the way dark fantasy so great is he was talking about how crazy it is to be that, you know, so anyone can go have that much power and influence when they're going through what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a perfect example of that. Like this man got too much money, too much power, too much influence. And he just won't leave his woman alone. And it's just, this is fucking weird, man. It's sad. So that's how I feel. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I'm going I'm to be very clear. He might be stalking Kim K. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I don't know, man. For somebody who's mentally unstable, he's taking it about as he's taking it how I would expect a mentally unstable person to take it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, um, I hope he had all the right intentions when moving across the street from his kids. God. I hope. <laughs> I really hope. Do not think so. <laughs> Um, but you know, man, he's really making her look good. Bro, he making Kim Kardashian look like. <laughs> like imagine a world where niggas is rooting for Kim Kardashian. Like that, <laughs> that has never happened in, in a very long time. So. I just hope it all works out. I hope Skeet stays safe. I do too. <laughs> It'd be man, so- forever, man will forever be known as Skeet. That's. <laughs> It's just so hard, man. You just want to enjoy the content, but it's just we know what's real. So tainted. It's so tainted. Like he has a bar and easy said, like, I don't negotiate with therapists. That's a hard ass bar. That is a hard ass bar. But when you know he actually doesn't go to therapy when he needs to go to therapy, (laughs) I can't be happy about this. But the bar is ill, though. The bar is nuts. So (laughs) oh yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, Mike. This is another side note. The game said Kanye West did more for him in two weeks. I did see that. And Dr. Dre did his whole career. I need to know what the hell. Niggas is, (laughs) niggas really be doing the most out here. Like, what could he have possibly done? The game would still be unsigned dude from Compton. Like. Without Dre. And then he said he could be Eminem in the verses. Did you see that too? 
the game said he can beat Eminem in a verse. The game said he could be and got offended when um Nori questioned the shit. Like was ready to fight. <laughs> game, let's slow down. I don't like Eminem no more, but I'm pretty sure Eminem could light your ass up. <laughs> Everyone knows this. That's yeah. <coughs> uh, niggas is. So it's the energy does something the niggas brain like and, and it's understandable it's understandable but at the same time you gotta you gotta have the right people around you to ground you be like bro shut uh, up <laughs> <laughs> basically all right man um so yeah uh Brittany Renner came back <laughs> Brittany Renner decided to go back to uh cam's funky fridays podcast um web web show whatever you want to call it and uh proceeded to get another perfect on this nigga (laughs) (laughs) hey i really want to like cam newton as like a personality yeah but he be saying some dumb shit. Well, I want to fully contextualize it for people who in case they okay, didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. I was okay. I was doing too much. No, no, you're good. So if you don't know, like Brittany Renner, um, IG model, really before IG, um, she got popped off a of vine, right? I don't think so. I feel like she was popping. She, I definitely saw her popping on Vine and stuff before IG was like a thing. And okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was like she's been out here for a very long time. Um, basically famous for just showing them, showing them ass cheeks, um, being light skinned, being sexy and slender and all that good stuff has been out here for a very hot minute. And, you know, for the most part, just kind of minds her business, goes on IG net lately and just twerks. And then that's it. Um, I'm sure you heard by now. She had this whole scandal with PJ Washington as a basketball player where they broke up and PJ was alleging, alleging that she just wanted him for money and just to trap him and have a baby with him. And then you know, leave with the baby and take all his money. Everyone went along with the story. And ever since then, she's been like one of the biggest villains on IG. Like to this day, you, anything she posts, it's going to be a good 20, 30 niggas underneath the post saying free PJ, free PJ, free PJ. <laughs> and they just made her out to be just the most deplorable human being ever. And she's been speaking out for herself. She's been going on. She went on this 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 um talk with um Deion, was it Deion Sanders? I can't remember who it was. Yeah, she did a uh, she did talk with his football team at Jackson State. Yeah, just telling them about, like, if you decide to get caught up with one of these IG models, you got to know what comes with it. And just tell, just talking in general, like, PJ had his own, you know, made up his own mind. He decided that he wanted to have unprotected sex with her and come in her. And with that comes a baby. And that's the decision he made. And this is the consequences. And it shit just didn't work out. And just been speaking up for herself. So Cam Newton invited her on his talk show. Don't know who gave Cam Newton the talk show. Don't know why, but he invited her on his. Cam Newton gave Cam Newton the talk show. Yeah, I, yeah you're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. And she, the point is for her to come on the show to clear up, you know, her image—not clear up her image, but just defend herself and just speak for herself instead of people speaking on her behalf. And it's supposed to be this, you know, real keeping it funky, keeping it a hundred, da 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 da. And Cam had her on before, had to bring her back on, and we can get to. What they discussed. So, I mean, for the most part, it was more the same, right? Pretty much. It was just like more talking points. And yeah. It's more so her just calling out the contra- the double standards of how men treat a woman who's out here having sex with whoever she wants to have sex with versus a man. How a woman is looked at when she's a baby mom versus how a man's looked at when he's a baby dad. And yeah. And it went deeper. Like she was just out here, just dropping jewels. Nothing new, particularly new or mind blowing, but just more than anything, calling out the contradictions and how men treat women, especially women who are known to be IG models and stuff. And yeah. Um. Well, there was a one part where she was saying it was like the biggest clip of the whole thing, where she was like, "So essentially, Cam was so essentially Cam said." You should accept anybody if they're giving you 80% of what you want, right? Isn't that what 
Something to that degree, basically. <laughs> <laughs> is what he said? And he said, <clears throat> you should be willing to, you as the, I guess, victim in the situation should be willing to try and work with that person yeah. on helping them get that additional 20% you need. Yeah, Whether yeah. it be cheating, financial stability. Um, I can't remember. He said one other thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> essentially, you should, you are the person that should be trying to get them to where they need to be. Um, and so cheating in particular, right. she basically posed the question like, so if, so if your daughters are dating a man who's giving them 80% of what they want, but they, but they cheat on them, would you tell them that's okay? And she like put his feet to the fire. Like, no, look at one of these fucking cameras. He was trying to dodge that shit. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> he was look dumb. at one of these cameras and say that to your children. To yeah. your two daughters and like he he never really did do it <laughs> he eventually no he eventually said he can't tell her what to do because that's her relationship at the end of the day so he oh, can't yeah. she's being satisfied or something like that yeah she said he said if she's satisfied with a man who's giving her everything that she needs but he's a cheater then he can't tell her otherwise which is bullshit like i don't <laughs> see cam newton if your daughter out here just if a nigga just out here skating around on your daughter and you know it for a fact and just put it in her face. And you, Cam Newton, you're not gonna be like, oh, that's her life. I can't, I can't do nothing about it. You're not doing that. Get out of my face. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man, because like he he compared cheating to like being broke oh. or uh having like it's it was like being insecure or something like that. Let me t- okay. Here's the here's the um the basic sentence. <laughs> The scenario he gave her, he said, um, when you with somebody for a certain period of time and you break up with them, how long does it take for you to get those old, um, you know, old tendencies, old, that old mindset out of your system when you date somebody new? So like if you date somebody for five, six years, how long would it take you to get out of those old practices that you had with that person? And she was like, probably a significant amount of time. So he was like, so if you deal, if you somebody who was in your last relationship, you was cheating and stuff, you was out here skeezing around, you're gonna have to take some time to get that out your system. So when the new person get with you, that new person has to give you like has to give you the grace and the what he say the um <laughs> that new person has to help you get out of that old mindset of being a cheater, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and help you become like a faithful person. Like it was a whole over elaborate shit where Brittany was just staring, like staring at him, like. <laughs> so because you cheated in your last relationship, the new person should give you the leeway to cheat in this current relationship until you get it out your system. Basically, that's that's the basis of the argument. How you get it out your system if you still cheat. We just gotta work it out. We just gotta <laughs> gotta stay in there, and. What ultimately she came through with that was, um, well, she said she put it on him, of course. She said, so you will put up with a, che- a woman who cheats? And of course, he's, you know, he skated around a little bit, you know, just did a little dance. But he eventually said, yes, um, if I'm getting everything else I need. And it came down to, she said, like, why don't men feel like they deserve, like, a whole holistic love? Like, why do y'all feel like y'all have to settle? Why would you feel like, it's, as Cam Newton, especially, even if she has money, because she, she's like, you don't need money. Like, you got money. So if she's balling or whatever the fuck, like, why would you settle for someone who can't be committed and love you and be supportive and be sustaining and not cheat on you? Like, why don't you feel like you deserve that? Yeah. And he could not answer. He couldn't answer the question. Like, he was just like, so that's what came to this conversation is, is the issue, like, why so many men are, like, okay with being scumbags? Because, like, a lot of men just, just don't believe that we're deserving of holistic love. So you're saying like we're scumbags because we don't. No, I think what I'm asking is do men justify scumbaggery by men because they don't see themselves as deserving of whole love. So like, why should you get it? If I can't. Even uh, get it? Damn, that's deep. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe that. I think she made up, she brought up a good point. She would, she essentially, she broke it down to like, 
how can you really care about somebody or or something like that when you don't fully know how can you fully know somebody if you don't fully know yourself or something like that yeah and i think the same is true for men like we don't fully take the time to understand ourselves um you know uh just just how we tick so we go out here doing dumb shit but at the same time i think we we think we deserve a proper love Mm. we just don't know how to achieve it Mm. and so with that being said i think we just take whatever and do whatever very irresponsibly yeah because you know we don't have that clear pathway or you know a, a good model that model being ourself as to how to properly love somebody you know what i mean no, I agree a thousand percent. We don't respect ourselves enough to, you know, demand the kind of love that we should get. I definitely think that's true for way too many men. And the irony of that is like Ken was literally telling her that she couldn't, if she didn't grow up in a household with like loving parents who were in a committed relationship, then how could she possibly know what that looks like? But he literally had that. Like he literally said that he saw his parents. I forgot how long they've been together, in a in a married, committed relationship, and it was all in the same household. And he still, you know, is out here with seven kids and two baby moms. Like that's really not bad. It's <laughs> what, seven kids, kids and two baby moms. It's really not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Period. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. You know, but I'm saying. I, that, I mean, but I feel like there is a general level of to where like you out here doing dumb shit yeah but that's what i'm saying i think he's equating like being he was at one point equating being a baby mama who's not married to being someone who doesn't know what like real committed love looks like so that's where you're at mm. the kind the, the hypocrisy is he saw that growing up and is still out here with seven kids and two baby moms that he has no intention on marrying and never did apparently I thought he had an intention on marrying that lady, that lady Kia, but like he was, I think he was on his fuck shit. I can't remember what the explanation he gave. Yeah. It was something like roundabout answer, like I wouldn't give her what she needed or something like that. Something like that, or like he also didn't see himself married. It was some over the thing about Cam Newton. <laughs> it was some Cam answer. <laughs> Is he just he'd be trying to sound so smart? Bless you. Yeah, I'm sorry, appreciate it. He'd be trying to sound so smart and so sophisticated. He'd be using words wrong. And it's not this, I'm not trying to be elitist. I'm not trying to, you know, but it's just it's that thing when niggas just try to sound more smarter than they actually are versus just listening. Because at one point she was just trying to tell him, like you're <laughs> she was trying to tell him, like, you deserve holistic love as a man. And he was like, nah. And she was like, what are you even disagreeing with? <laughs> he, was like, he couldn't even put a finger on it. Yeah. And granted, being a football player might have something to do with it. Like, you know, you get hit in the head a lot. And I don't know what his thought process is in general. I'm not trying to be funny. Like, you see this a lot with, like, athletes, particularly football players who just can't connect dots a lot of times. And so I don't even know if he knew what he was disagreeing with at that point. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, I know you're not right, though. <laughs> I do like the fact that they touched on the double standards um, in there. Um, talk. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I would think that, you know, somebody of Brittany Renner's um, intelligence level, um, of you know, just her experience overall, I would think that she would be okay with approaching a man. Especially because it seems like, for the most part, it seems like she knows what she wants. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was still, she was still on the whole like, nah, a man should approach me because yeah. it shows me that he knows what he wants when he approaches me. It's almost like a scared of rejection kind of thing. That's exactly like, what it I, is. Like I'm masking this fear of rejection by saying men should know what they want, so if they want me, they'll approach me. And like framing that as you if you're not man enough to approach me then that says something about you not about me yeah, like, <laughs> that was the only two one of two things that i didn't i was like Brittany, i don't know it was that part <laughs> and when they asked her if she if we became actually asked her if he if she would date a bisexual man 
And she was like, oh, I don't know. But she even, I, to her credit, I will give her that, like, she she was the one that kind of brought up the double standard yeah. thing at first about how men do not get to explore their sexuality without automatically being labeled gay. That's what was crazy about it, though, that she brought but it I up. I feel like there's, there's so many women that yeah. think like that. She's not, like, she's not out of the norm in that, like. No, not at all, no. Yeah. Bisexual, biphobia is very prevalent, especially in women who, like, like super masculine men, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was what's ironic about it is she called it out and then she was like, but yeah, also I'm not dating no bisexual <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right. Oh, no, I'm not with the shits, man. I, I, can, I can talk about it, like, yeah. you know, great in speech, you know, but oh, in practice? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was the only part. Um, but for the most part, oh, I do want to get this part in, though. So we both agree that Brittany Renner has some great points, raised yeah. up some real, um, real solid, solid points about just men's hypocrisy. But that being said, uh, somebody said to me a long time ago that as a, especially as a content creator or as any public figure, it is very easy to go from being someone who's like initially serious, like say for instance, like a news reporter or somebody who's just an essayist, a, you know, some type of researcher who's very serious. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson is a perfect example, who has mm-hmm. like a very serious career, right? Yeah. And very sophisticated. It's very easy to go from that to being something that's silly. Like, so Neil deGrasse Tyson can be a super serious scientist, but can do funny content that still educates you. Yeah. But it's very hard to be someone who's not, comes out as someone not to be taken seriously, a comedian, um, like a, in this case, an IG model who's just out here just getting paid to just shake your ass all day mm-hmm. to go from that to be someone that I want to be taken seriously now with a serious topic is very, very hard. Um, what I'm asking is, is it logical? Cause she's, she made a point about like dudes just want IG models to shut up and shake, your, shake our asses. And I'm like speaking out about it. And I'm like, you deserve to be respected for sure. Regardless. Mm-hmm. As far as Nick's attitudes of like, we don't really want to hear you talk. We just want to see your ass jiggle. Is she really, is this not what she signed up for? Like when she decided to pursue this as her career? Um, it's a hard, yeah. it's a hard question. Yeah, it is. But like people, her fans should have the I guess depth to understand that like she's a human being you know that does more things besides shaking her ass but at the same time like she should understand her fan base like while we're here and what they're here for yeah that's what I'm asking is she asking too much by saying like I know y'all just here to see my ass and titties but now I want to sit like some like Drop some jewels and y'all need to No, listen. she's she's not asking too much. But you have to understand that your fan base will change. You think that's her point? That she you think she wants her fan base to change? Um, I think she's probably okay with it as long mm-hmm. as it don't fuck up the bunny. But I guess we'll see how that goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might be right. Um, and I don't think your fan base would change too drastically, mm-hmm. but like just your some of them would just be uninterested. It's kind of like how <laughs> And I know you can attest to this as well. Like when you follow IG model and then like she gets pregnant and then like she starts posting baby pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm not here for this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't unfollow him like you do. Oh, I, I straight follow, follow him. him. I don't do all that. I straight up sent a, uh, one of my, one of the ladies I followed, Capri Carter. Mm-hmm. She had gotten pregnant. Boy, I messaged her. And I said, congratulations on the baby. But I'm not here for this. And I unfollowed. <laughs> I don't know if she ever saw it. But, like, that's just the real shit. Oh, like, my God. That's hilarious. You know, like, you you take people in at the capacity that you want them there at. No, you're right. <laughs> so, like, you know, you're going to lose some people. And you're going to gain some people. You'll obviously, I think you'll obviously gain more than you lose. Because, I mean, 
I don't think talking is going to distract, take away so many people. Because, I mean, you're still going to be shaking ass at some point, I'm sure. I don't know, man. I don't think... I think the dudes who use, like, IG models as, like, a... First of all, we treat celebrities in general, but especially internet celebrities, as, like, a pure commodity anyway. So it's like the second they step outside of anything... When I say we, I mean us collectively. For the most part, like, are they not commodifying themselves? Yeah, for sure. But I'm saying that in the in the culture, it's been particularly in a hyper capitalist culture of like, it's one thing of I'm I'm fine and I find a way to make money off my beauty by modeling or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you're in a culture of like Instagram models where you have an endless cycle of beautiful women just being brought in, brought out, and you're as a consumer, you just want to keep looking at ass and titties. Yeah, and so. The second this your favorite ass and titties decides to step a little bit outside the box and do like a voice note on the whole Ukraine situation, for example, like people react. And I don't know how real the anger is, but people react like, shut up and show your ass. Like, I don't care about your thoughts on this shit. Like people act like there's like actually offended by you not fulfilling your role. <laughs> yeah. It's ass and titty girl number 568. So I think some people will genuinely be upset and just be like, ah, Britney fell off of me. And I think that's fine. Like, I think that's fine that some people are like genuinely just pieces of shit and like they can't accept that. Like, <laughs> like you have to, like, I, I guess my thing is like, you have to be able to accept that like people, um, you know, have layers to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can be two things at once. Obviously, everybody is at least more than one thing at once. I mean, you know. So, <clears throat> if you're going to be there for it, if you're going to be there for the ass cheeks, just understand that you got to be there for the talking sometimes. And the great thing about Instagram, celebrities, is you can cut them the fuck off immediately. <laughs> you know, you see a video and... If you the first thing you see is Britney Renner open her mouth, oh we'll cut it off. Like, <laughs> like you like you can you can consume her, you know, on the level that you want to. It's not like you got to take the whole thing. No, you make an excellent point. Because I will admit personally, like if something significant happens, and like my favorite IG model makes a post, and I see them, you know, they're usually in a position where they're just the camera's just facing their face and they're yeah. about to talk about some shit. You're like, okay, she's gonna have some commentary. If I look in the caption to see what it's just going to be about and like the first couple of words of her sentence sound like, you know, generic stance on such and such issue, I will cut off the sound and just watch her face just move. Like it just, oh, it just no, I'm not even, I'm not even watching your face because I'm not even there for your face half the time. <laughs> if, I saw, if, if I saw KK Bash talking, <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm going to continue to scroll. If I ever hear her open her mouth, this is in a suit, like this begins to open her mouth, bro. If she's in clothing, I'm mad. That's so funny. No, I think you got a good point, and I do, I do, I love what she's doing personally. I absolutely love it. It's great. Uh, She's just, and I love how she just carries herself, and she's just not, she's just not being intimidated by people. Um. I see nothing wrong with it. My only question still to this day, I do wish they would get to this in, the, in these interviews, is did she, in fact, like, scout out PJ Washington when he was 18 years old? Because if she did, that would be fucking weird to me. And I mean... Honestly, predatory. It's predatory as shit. Weird? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's weird that people are motivated by the thought of, you know, great financial gain. I think it's weird if you're scouting out, if you're actively pursuing an 18-year-old to do that, it's weird as fuck to me. And she was like her mid twenties. It's fucking weird. If that's true, I don't know if it's true or not. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. PJ Washington was a five star recruit, fifteenth ranked overall nationally. I would have, I would have scouted his ass too. That eighteen years old, and she was what, like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <clears throat> I don't know if she scouted him, but oh, she, she could have. 
She could have. That'd be fucking strange as fuck. And especially, especially you know, for mandatory is all get out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. More than anything. Yeah. So again, don't know if that's true. Don't want to put no speculation out there. Um, do you I don't want to? I don't see why, like, some of the reports are like she won't let PJ see his kid. That shit, yeah, that whole shit, and the whole just the narratives that people have just created around her, based off of this nigga just being butthurt on social media about his breakup, is wow. And then seeing how it's played out on her mental health, like it's it's, I'm telling you, it's it's fucking crazy. Like it's it's actually wild. Yeah, and I'm very happy. If if nothing else, I am definitely happy that Cam. I don't know if his camp has told him like, "Yo, you getting railroaded on these little talks." And he just doesn't care, or he just has no idea. But I do think it's dope that he just lets her on there, and not trying to censor her. He's trying to quote unquote correct her sometimes, but yeah, for the most part, he just lets her go off and she just speaks for herself. And I think that's dope. Yeah. So. so. Um. Do you want to quickly do this marriage topic or you want to save it? Yeah, we can save it. Okay. Table it. Red table talking. You're going to get yourself in trouble and shit. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So this week we got a uh, dope, dope, dope thirst of the week for you. Hmm. Her name is, well, let me make sure I ain't got no porn hub shit up here. Yeah, you know, that got it queued up in the background. Okay. Um, Merc by a skirt. Um, she's a Twitch streamer. Uh, mm-hmm. She mostly streams Call of Duty. Um, she's also a sergeant in the U.S. Army. Oh, right. Um, oh, yeah, she's cute. She's great. Yeah, man, she's sick. Um, you can catch her on Twitch at Merc by a skirt. Um, it's got some threes replacing the E's, so it's kind of difficult. For me to uh, tell you about it. Hold on, let me see some other pictures. It's kind of difficult for me to tell you about it. It's, it's not difficult for me to tell you about it, but you know. she right? No, she's quite beautiful. Um, and so yeah, she recently uh, Swag was having an interview uh, with some. He was doing some interview on some platform. And he shouted her out. That's oh, what this right. video is. Best voucher I could ever get. Yeah. Um, incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, you can catch her. Let me, do her. Let me pop up her link tree. That'd probably be easiest. Um, you can just check her out on IG. Merc by a skirt. Uh, M3RKD underscore BY underscore A underscore skirt. Very complicated. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. Um, if you search uh, skirt on Twitch, she pops up in the couple first few. Um, yeah, man, go check her out. She found us all get out. Very nice. Shout out to all the female gamers out there just doing y'all things, clapping cheeks. Absolutely. Love to see it, bro. I, I watch. <laughs> it's so funny that like. Watching girls just slaughter dudes on games. Yeah, bro. It's so funny. I'm telling you. But, yeah. Girls can clap cheeks too out here. Dude, especially on like Apex and stuff. Like, shout out to Ninjala. I want to get on the podcast. We're going to try to figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> uh, she she won the Netflix tournament. Her and um, you follow Blisskai too, right? Yeah, I follow Blisskai. Her and um, Bush had won the Netflix tournament they had a couple years ago. Like, just slaughtered people. Really? The funny thing about most Twitch streamers is they're usually good in like pub lobbies. And some of them they use little VPN tactics to get into the bot lobbies as well to just slaughter new kids. Yeah. But then they get in these private tournaments and just get like Iceman and Isaac to be getting clapped up in these little private private tournaments. And it's so fucking funny. Isaac and, does? Isaac be getting mopped, son. Oh. Uh, um, Swag is actually pretty good in those private tournaments. Who? Swag. Swag, Swag is just. You should probably be doing lines of cocaine before tournaments. So that's that's what he do. <laughs> but yeah, man, she she counted that Netflix tournament and killed everybody. So shout out to y'all. Right. Good deal, man. Well, I enjoyed the episode. Thank y'all for joining us once again. Um, mm-hmm. We'll yeah, be back. Will's gonna hopefully watch 
Batman again. We'll come back and talk about. Is it coming out on HBO Max soon? I believe it is. Yeah, within like a week or so. Oh, yeah. so I guess you're not reading that review for like a month from now, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Until then, until then, love y'all. Hold it down. Peace, peace.